book of Ephesians in chapter 2. Book of Ephesians in chapter 2. I do believe that if we went home right now that we could say this has been a great place to be thus far. Most days whenever I get up and go to work, I'm usually late. I like my job, but I don't always love it. Most days I love it, but I'm, I'm rarely early because I love it that much. But I try to be early to church because there's no place I'd rather be. I, I don't get excited on Mondays as much as I get excited on Sundays. I don't get quite as excited on Tuesdays as I get on Wednesdays whenever it comes time to go to church. It's, it's just something about it. It's being in the presence of other believers. It's being in the presence of God. It's being able to, to sing praises to Him and being able to read His Word. Something special about it. Amen. This morning, if, if you're here and, and coming to church, if you can't say like David that, that I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, if, if that is difficult for you to say, then I hope this morning that, that we can evaluate your, your spiritual life. Because church shouldn't be something that we have to drag our feet to get to. The house of God shouldn't be something that, that we get up in the morning and we, well, I kind of feel a, a catch in my leg. I might not go today. It, it, sh- it shouldn't be that way. We shouldn't be looking for an excuse not to come to church. We should be excited about it because it is a great place to be. And, and to be able to be in the presence of God and in the presence of other believers is something special. There's something electric about the energy inside a church, and I'm not talking about the, the, the types of churches that run around the pews and, and jump benches and throw rattlesnakes at each other. I'm talking about the churches where the, the Holy Spirit of God can be felt. There is something special about that. This morning, if you don't have that something special, I'd like to introduce you to the man named Jesus that can give you that. This morning in Sunday school, we talked about the, the Holy Spirit bearing witness with our spirit. And this morning, I want to introduce you to Jesus who can bring you that Holy Spirit. The book of Ephesians in chapter 2, we're going to read one verse. Most folks in here can probably quote it, but we're going to read it anyway. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8. The Bible says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather this morning. God, we thank you for, for the time that we can come together, God, and sing praises unto you. We thank you for the young people. God, it will lift their voices to you. God, we thank you most of all for Jesus. God, he's the reason we're here. He's the reason we worship. God, he's the, the reason we can smile, the reason we come and get excited to church. God, the hope of a second resurrection. God, I pray this morning as we open your word, God, that we could open our hearts so we could be attentive and receptive. God, that we could hear what you'd have to say to us this morning through your Holy Spirit and through your word. God, if they be one among us this morning that's lost and unsaved, God, that don't know your son as their personal savior, I pray that this could be today. God, this could even be the hour that they could accept Jesus Christ, that they could turn from their sins. God, that they could believe in their heart in Jesus Christ before it be everlasting too late. God, be with those guys interested in our prayers. You know the needs of each one. Bless us throughout this day. Forgive us for we fail you. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. Paul's writing here to the Ephesians, and he, he, he sums up a lot of the gospel into a simple statement outlining the salvation plan. Me and Brother Steve mentioned this morning he, about men and directions, about reading instructions, and, and I rarely do. I, I can't remember very many times in my life where I read instructions before I messed something up. Most of the time we get about halfway through a project before we get to the point that we say, hey, Maybe I need to look back at that instruction book. Very few times do we, do we look at it to begin with. Because most of the time, whenever you get to reading instructions, especially if it's something halfway large, it's several pages of instructions. 
I don't want to read that much. It's, it's different pictures and charts, and I don't want to read that much. I, it's, it's just too much. Why don't I just dive into it? I have a picture. Maybe that's enough. God's salvation plan is not as complicated as putting together a swing set. It's not as complicated as putting together a matchbook. God's salvation plan boils down to one thing, and Paul says it here. He says, for grace, excuse me, for by grace are you saved through faith. That is it. That is as far as it goes. That is the simplest set of instructions that we could ever have the pleasure of reading. And that is a salvation plan. The thing that should mean the most to us in this whole world is the simplest and the easiest. And all too many times people miss it because they want to overcomplicate it. People miss it because they, because they can't grasp having faith in something they have never seen. They can't grasp having faith in something at all. Paul says here, for by grace, by the grace of God, only through Jesus Christ are we saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. In the Old Testament, God gave Moses the law. And the law is, is extensive and it's kind of heavy duty and, and it's a lot of reading if you get to study and I'm, I'm not as up to it on us as I should be. But the law really boiled down to, to the Ten Commandments is what we really look at it as. The books of the law is, is just condensed into the Ten Commandments. And Jesus brings it even further in the New Testament where he says that, that all the law hangs on two commandments. That's love God and love people. But the thing about it is that, is that we can't do either one of those to perfection. There's no way. But I didn't mention this morning and I've heard it read that way several times. Is there anybody in here that has never broke the law? Anybody that thinks you've never broke the law, because I broke it on the way here this morning. I broke the law on the way here because on Highway 21, between Sun and Bogalusa, it's 65 miles an hour. And I had a cop tell me one time, and this may not be true for everybody, but I asked him, I said, how fast can I go and get away with it? He said, my food supervisor told me, if you're going eight miles an hour over the speed limit, he said, rule of thumb, eight, you're straight, nine, you're mine. And so I usually set my cruise for about seven miles an hour over the speed limit whenever I'm trying to get somewhere in a hurry. And so this morning on the way to church, I broke the law. I broke the speed limit. And if you've been somewhere in the last little while, chances are you have too. Especially if you're just a little bit impatient and want to get somewhere just a little bit quicker. Because by the time you go 65 and 70, 55 miles an hour just seems to be a little bit slow. And at some point in our life, we have all broken the law of God. One of the first things that kids learn how to do is lie. My mama swore that in our house that, that there was somebody living in the house and the name was not me. Because not me was always doing it. And that there was somebody in the house called I don't know. Because I don't know done it every time. Every time. One of the first things that, that kids learn how to do is to lie. At some point in time, Chances are we have cheated. It may not be something big, but a lie is a lie. A lie is a transgression of the law. At some point, there's a very good chance that we have gotten jealous of something or someone. There's a very good chance that we have been covetous of something or someone. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so regardless of where we may have been born into, how good a family we may have, who our papa was, who our daddy was, who our mama was, what church we was born into, who baptized us, it don't matter. Because at some point in our life, we were all sinners. 
Each and every one of us. And we was all in the same exact condition. Somebody may have had more money than somebody. Somebody may have looked better in society. But at some point in our lives, lost or, we were all unsaved. We were all bound for the same hell. We were all in need of the same Savior. And that's what Paul is trying to get across to Ephesians here. And he says the same thing in the book of Romans leading up to chapter 5 and 6. He tries to get across to them that everyone is lost and in need of a Savior. Everybody. That don't leave anybody out. If you are a perfect human being, I commend you. Let me know so I can shake your hand. You don't need a Savior. But I've never met one of those. Jesus was the only one ever lived. He came and lived the perfect life. Was crucified on the cross. Risen on the third day. And completed the plan of salvation. And that was the extent of it. That is when it was finished. That is when the law was done away with. And we no longer have to keep the law. We have to believe in Jesus Christ. Which is much, much, much easier than sacrificing. But we have to believe. There's no gray area. There's no middle of the road. There's no maybe. There's no might. There's no perhaps. There's no part of the way. You're either saved or you're not. I heard a story of a guy that was stopped one time. And he was up in Dubok, Louisiana. And if you, you know the on Highway 67, there's four towns. They all start with a D. And they'll get cops to get you for going one mile an hour over the speed limit. And he got stopped in Dubok, Louisiana. And the cop asked him, he said, how fast was you going? He said, I don't know. The cop said, yeah, you do. You had your cruise on. How fast was you going? I was going two miles over the speed limit. He said, well, I'm giving you a ticket. The man said, oh, you can't give me a ticket. It was just two miles an hour over the speed limit. The cop said, were you right or were you wrong? Were you breaking the law or were you not? One day we're all going to stand before God and he's going to ask us, did you believe in Jesus or did you not? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life or is it not? There is no middle of the ground. It is what it is. You either are or you ain't. And my prayer to God this morning is that each and every person in this building can say that they are. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of John in chapter 10. The book of John in chapter 10. Paul says in Ephesians 2 and 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Jesus Christ was the gift of God to this world. God gave His only begotten Son. John 3.16 tells us that He gave Him freely. So that whosoever, so that me, so that, me, that you, so that everyone and anyone could be saved if we only believe. John in 10 in verse number 9 says, I am the door. Jesus talking. He says, I am the door. The only way to get saved, the only way to enter into the kingdom of God, the only way to have your name written in that Lamb's book of life is through Jesus Christ. John 10 and 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. He didn't say that he might be saved. Jesus is, is not something that, that you can bet your eternity on and, and he'll let you down. It don't work that way. Heard a guy say one time, he said, I don't bet because there's no such thing as a sure thing. He said, sure things will lose your money. Sure things will still let you down. Jesus is a sure thing. Jesus is something that you want to place your eternity in. He said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And go in and out and find pasture. Find rest. Find every 
the answer to every need he may have. The only way to get saved is through Christ Jesus. Flip over and keep your Bibles open. We're going to do a little flip-flopping this morning. Flip over to the book of Acts in chapter 4. The book of Acts in chapter 4. There is only one Savior, and there is only one name under heaven whereby men must be saved. And that is the name of Jesus Christ. Throughout history, there has been so many religions pop up, you can't keep track of them all. But at some point in time, people worship this, this guy called Buddha. He's a big guy. And people worshiped him. Problem is, Buddha's dead. People worship uh, Muhammad. Muhammad's dead. People worship statues. In the Old Testament, they, they worship gods of stone. The Israelites even worshiped the gold calf that Aaron made. But none of that was real. Yes, it was gold and it was a statue. Yes, it was a rock. Yes, it was something neat and cool and interesting. But that's all it was. It was matter. It was made up of, of molecules. It was something that men could tear down. It was something that men had built. It, it was something that was, was of this world. God is not of this world. His Son came into this world so that we might be saved. And only through that one Savior can we have salvation. Acts in chapter 4, verse number 11. The stone which the builders set at naught. Excuse me. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's nothing that, that we could do. Ephesians 2 and 8 says that it is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. It is through His only Son. Jesus is the only Savior. The Jews and, and even a lot of people say that Jesus didn't come. He didn't do what He did. They're in denial. He did. People have prayed it to different things and, and there's people that will pray to people. And it don't make good sense to me. We don't worship the Pope. We worship a God of heaven. We don't get saved by confessing our sins to people. We get saved by believing on Jesus Christ as our Savior and giving Him our sins. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That is the only way. That is the only name. And Acts in 2 and 21 says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the only name. That is the only way. That is the only plan of salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, not the name of Buddha, not the name of Allah, not the name of Muhammad, not the name of the Pope, not the name of whoever all the other religions worship, but whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Flip over to Acts in chapter 15. Book of Acts in chapter 15, we're going to read one verse. In verse 11. The Bible says, But we believe through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that we shall be saved even as they. Amen. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace. God's grace is sufficient to save us. His, his mercy, His love saves us. Not because we could do anything about it. Not because I deserve salvation. I deserve hell just like you. If you're here and unsaved, you're going to get the hell you deserve. 
if you don't believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is as simple as it gets. Without the grace of God, we were all, we were all headed for hell. Through the grace of God, we can miss it. Through the grace of God, we can have salvation. Through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Turn over, if you would, to the book of Romans in chapter 5. Book of Romans in chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. God gave us a gift. And I quote John 3.16 all the time because it, it really outlines the plan of salvation to a T. Because He gave His only begotten Son. He gave freely. Ephesians says that salvation is the gift of God. We don't have to do anything for a gift. If I'm going to give somebody a gift, I walk up there to them and I hand it to them. And the most that you have to do for a gift is reach out and take it. If I throw it at you, you don't even have to reach out and take it. You just catch it. But with God's Son, we don't even have to reach out and take it. We just have to believe it. We just have to believe in the gift that He's given us. We just have to believe in the Son He provided for us. We have to have faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Romans chapter 5, verse number 9. Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. In the Old Testament law, in order to cover sins, in order to be forgiven of sins, there had to be bloodshed. Whenever Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, what did God do to clothe them? They sewn together leaves to try to cover their nakedness, but God wouldn't accept that. The first sin was covered by the first bloodshed. God covered them with animal skin. He slew animals. Sin can be covered by blood. In the Old Testament, there were sacrifices for anything and everything, and it required the shedding of blood. To cover the sins of the world, Jesus Christ shed His blood. He shed it on the cross of Calvary so that we through Him might be saved. Being justified through His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Flip over to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. The book of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. and read verse 9 and 10 to you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 and 10. For God hath not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our purpose. That is our point. Who died for us. This gets real personal with each and every person in this building now. The Pope don't know my name. Jesus does. Buddha didn't know my name. Jesus does. The, the people and the individuals and the statues don't know my name. Jesus not only knows my name, Jesus not only knows your name, but He died for us. Amen. I didn't hammer the nail in there, but I'm the reason it was there. I'm not the one that poked the spear in His side, but, but that was me. Verse number 10, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Whether we live or die, whether good things or bad things come, whether we can remember the good old days, you know, 2010 to 2018, before 2020 showed up, or whether we're taken out of this world, we will live through Jesus Christ. Flip over, if you would, to the book of Hebrews 
in chapter 9. Book of Hebrews in chapter 9. We're given something very particular whenever we believe in Jesus Christ. We're given the Holy Spirit to dwell within us as a comforter. Whenever you're saved, that, that peace just overwhelms you. You're no longer afraid of hell. You're no longer in dread of dying and going to hell. You have, you have peace with God. And you have a comforter that dwells within you to lead and guide and direct each and every one of us. Romans 8 and 16 says the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We have something that a lot of folks, a lot of religions don't have. We have an eternal salvation. We have a salvation that we can know for sure. And I ask the question a lot of times. I heard a Bible study on it and it, it stuck with me for years. But a man asked the question. He said, do, do, do you think you're saved? And you just saw people looking at him. And it's a very interesting question. Because I can think I'm saved and not be saved. You can think you're saved and not be saved. And then he asked the question. He said, do you know you're saved? That's a yes or no question. That is something that is definite. Whenever you know something, you have factual evidence. And for the Holy Spirit to bear witness with our spirit, to bear witness in the Sunday school this morning actually went into pretty good depth on this. To bear witness means to corroborate. To provide factual evidence. The Holy Spirit provides us with factual evidence. The Holy Spirit reassures us. The Holy Spirit will take us back to the place where we got saved. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide us to know that we are saved. Our salvation don't depend on a person. Our salvation is rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ. And it lasts forever. It's not something that can, that can go away. Hebrews 9 and chapter 28 says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. If you're here and saved this morning, there's a day coming. Whether Jesus come back while we're still on this earth and takes us away in the rapture or whether we're resurrected with Him, there's a day that we're going to see Jesus. But if you're here and unsaved this morning, then you're not going to see that day. The Bible says in Revelations, Blessed is he that has part in the first resurrection. If you're here and unsaved this morning, you're not going to have part in that. If you're here and unsaved, you're going to be burning in hell during that first resurrection. If you're here and unsaved this morning, well, let's turn over and read it. Book of Revelations in chapter 21. Book of Revelations chapter 21. There comes a day that nobody's going to miss. There comes a day that everybody's going to be accountable for what you did with Jesus Christ. Every opportunity you've ever been given has been recorded. It's been written down and then you're going to recall every opportunity you had to be saved and you rejected the Son of God. Revelations in chapter 20, verse number 12. Let's back up to verse 11. Revelations 20, 11. And I saw a great white throne and he that sat on it from whose faith, face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, stand before God and the books were open. And another book which opened, which was, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in their books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and the death and hell were delivered up the dead which were in them. 
And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into a lake of fire. This is the second death. And whoever, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And that is in eternity. Eternity in hell is a long time to think you're saved. Eternity in hell is a long time to almost be saved. Heard a man say one time, and, and it kind of stuck with me. He said, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to be born once, and you're going to die two times. Or you're going to be born twice, and you're only going to die once. If we are born once, if we are born into this world, and that's the only time we're ever born, if we are not born again, Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, you have to be born again. He said, if you're not born again, you'll have no fault with me. If you're not born again, you'll never see heaven. If we are not born again, we'll never see God. Except... At judgment day. If you're here and I say this morning, if you are not born again, then that judgment day will be the last little bitty glimpse of not burning in flames of fire you'll ever see. If you're here and I say this morning without Jesus Christ, death and hell is, is where you're going to lift your eyes up. Tomorrow's not promised life is compared to a vapor, a flower. It comes and goes. Just ask some people. I realized just the other day that I've been out of college for quite a few years. But I've been out of high school for several years. Time flies. If you're here on a save this morning, you may not have tomorrow. Ephesians 2 and 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you'll call on the name of Jesus this morning, He'll save you. If you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ came and died for your sins, if you recognize that, that you're a sinner without, without any hope at all, there's nothing that we can do in ourselves. It's all of God. And if you'll believe on Jesus Christ as your Savior, He'll save you this morning. You'll know the rest. You'll know the, the peace. You'll know the joy. You'll know what it means to be excited to come to church. You'll know what it means to sing, I'm bound for that city from your heart. When we all get to heaven, we'll have a whole new meaning. Because if you're here and unsaved, we will all won't get to heaven. If you're here and unsaved, you're not going to make it. Amen. Jesus Christ came and died for you as an individual. Jesus Christ came and died for me as an individual. And all you have to do is believe. All you have to do is trust in Him with all your heart. And God will save you. I'll have a verse for something.